We live in a world today that is like Babylon of the Old Testament. It's full of pagan practices and ungodliness and dangerous influences. Now, God had a specific purpose and plan for his people when they were in Babylon. Is there a plan that God has for us today as we live in a digital Babylon today? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to the podcast. So glad that you clicked on this video. If you would go ahead and like and subscribe to our page. We have podcasts coming out every Wednesday morning at eight o'clock. And if you have any thoughts or questions, you can comment them. And then uh, we'd also ask you to share this with someone that you think would find this interesting or that they that they need to hear this as well. So yeah. thank you for clicking on our podcast. That's awesome. So you notice today, Truett and I are flipped in our seats. We're in a different place yeah. than we normally are because today we're going to be talking about something that Truett talked about recently at a youth conference. And the conference mm-hmm. was called, How Do I Live in Digital Babylon? And so he addressed with students and then on the final night with parents in the room as well, mm-hmm. how do we live in this world today as followers of Jesus, um, but in a world that's like Babylon, mm-hmm. it's it's opposite of God's ways. It's dangerous. There are harmful influences, and so uh, Trit's going to be doing most of the talking today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here to ask some questions and and bring some some commentary and conversation. But um, I'm I'm excited for what he has shared with students and parents already, and how we can take that even a step further today in the conversation. Yeah. So let's start out with this whole idea of digital Babylon. What is, what do you mean by that? And what does that mean for us today? Yeah. Well, you know, first with this podcast, what we're wanting to address is how, how to raise your families. You know, we, we were very much in on the teenagers and then the parenting, but I think to open it up a little bit more with uh, Mm. the younger kids all the way up to older kids and then parenting as well with that. Um, But it's necessary to know, if the day and age that we live in, we need to look at the history. We need to look at mm. what has happened. And so we look at the, what the real Babylon was uh, back in the Bible. It's a very common um, city that's referenced and even uh, an idea of a godless city, you know, mm. this Babylon. Okay. Uh, and so it's a, a <clears throat> world or a city that was filled with godlessness mm. and immorality and elevation of sin and kind of a promotion of sin and this idea of uh, very pagan practices, idol worshiping, Mm. uh, living for your own self and what you can do to make yourself happy, to make yourself look good, all of those things. Mm. Um, And another big thing is it is kind of like uh, Babylon is known as the people who do not believe in the one true God or Yahweh from the Old Testament. Mm. Um, and so we see that the people of Israel were carried away into Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. This verse from First Chronicles 9, verse 1, it says Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness as mm. just you know, obvious as it is right there. And that's what was going on even in the book of Jeremiah that we'll see uh, Israel had adopted the pagan practices of the nations around them. Mm. And they had begun to uh, include it in their worship of the one true God, Yahweh. And so God sends them, exiles them into the city Babylon, sends Mm. those who were his chosen people, right? The nation of Israel uh, sends them into Babylonian captivity, that they are going to live there wow. in a world of godlessness. Right? So even though they were followers, even yep. though they believed God mm-hmm. and had walked in his ways, they mm-hmm. had gotten into their own sin, idolatry, and mm-hmm. as a result, they find themselves slaves, captive in a land that is 
truly ungodly. Yes. I mean, it's nothing like their homeland. It's nothing like yeah. what they have known. Exactly. And this is where they find themselves. I think we can mm-hmm. all kind of relate to yep, that. Exactly. All of a sudden, uh, even for us today, we find ourselves in a land different than maybe even what we grew up in, mm-hmm. what we, our history books have told us. Yeah. And a very different society and culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's it's this idea that you know God sent them into Babylon for refining, right? Mm-hmm. For um, the nation to be shaken from what it was, what the the process in which it was living, and they were sent into a city for those who are truly the ones who will follow the Lord, that they would stand out and that God would eventually lead them out of Babylonian captivity and that he Mm. would lead them back to Jerusalem. And then the goal was that they would reestablish Jerusalem as the city of the people of Israel, right? The city that God would be glorified in, the nation that people would say, that's what the followers of yeah. Yahweh, the one true God, looked like. So. so it wasn't to just punish and decimate them and bring an end to no, them. No, it was not to bring an end to them. It was to refine them. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You find passages in the Old Testament that, that describe mm. what that time was like. You, even when you're reading the book of Psalms, you find one of the Psalms written from that time period. So uh, Psalm 137, it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Mm-hmm. So they, they're obviously they're not in home yeah. any, in mm-hmm. their homeland anymore and they're remembering what it was like and then they're weeping. Mm-hmm. And they say, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us away captive ask of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth. They were wanting them to be joyful and tell us your song, mm-hmm. tell us about your homeland. And they were saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall we sing of the Lord's song in the foreign land? They said, man, how can we even, how can we do this in this Mm -hmm. land that Mm -hmm. we're in, in their day? And I think we can all, again, relate to all of this. So so that kind of gives us a framework for what is Babylon. So what is this idea of digital Babylon? What does that mean? Well, I mean, it's very real in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you see stories and if you have a phone or any device, which obviously you're watching this, mm-hmm. so you do, you know that the internet and uh, social medias and gaming and all of this stuff all has an influence on what today's culture is. And that influence is not always godly, right? right. That influence yeah. is not promoting Jesus in every way. It's right. not, you know laying out the ways of God in mm-hmm. every way. But mm-hmm. in fact, it's the opposite in a lot of ways. It's a lot of yeah. sexual deviance. It's a lot mm-hmm. of pursuing your own self. It's a lot of give into whatever your impulses are. Mm-hmm. And it's a celebration of sin. It's an emphasis on sin. And everyone has access to that Babylon. And a lot of people live trying to find their identity and worth in what I would call, and a lot of people would call a digital Babylon. Yeah, and it's a dangerous land. It's like <clears throat> yeah. Babylon was in that day. It's mm-hmm. full of traps. It's full of people who are out to mm-hmm. take from you, who are who exactly. are out to take the young. Yep. And that's happened. that happened then and it's happening today. Exactly. Uh, the, the digital world is a dangerous place. And of course, every parent is terrified by yeah, this exactly. prospect that you, know, you could lose your child off into the digital Babylon. Mm-hmm. So this... You know, the subject is super relevant yeah, for us exactly. today because every yeah. parent's asking that question, uh, what do I do to protect my child? How do I raise my yeah. child in 
a digital Babylon. Because the idea today of not ever using a computer, a yeah. phone, a tablet, yeah. uh, a TV that's yeah. digital or, or have access to the internet, mm-hmm. that's, it's a joke. that's just almost not a possibility <laughs> unless not. you're going to yeah. truly go live off of in, the grid the somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And if you and, choose, you know, that's, that's fine. But if you're going to try to live in the midst of the culture today, mm-hmm. uh, a parent is not only concerned, but they want to raise their child in yeah. such a way so that the end of the day, not just the end of the day, but the end of the time that they're at home, they can yeah. graduate on into their, their own independence and be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it's tough whenever like <clears throat> one of the most sought after um, things uh, from kids and from teenagers and even adults is mm. what you could almost consider like a passport into Babylon, you know, yeah. a, a device any device, you call it your phone, your phone, your your smartphone, your yep. TV, your computer, your <clears throat> tablet, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. they're all in a sense a passport into digital Babylon. This yep. idea that whatever is out there can influence you, and it is trying to influence you. You know, you could even talk about the algorithms and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep you on the device as long as possible because they make money off, they yeah. benefit from it, right? right. And like. If you've ever seen the movie The Social Dilemma, or if you've ever, uh, you know, if you haven't, I would recommend it because it kind of breaks down uh, how your phone tries to keep you on your phone mm-hmm. and how your phone markets itself to you by whatever you want, whatever you desire. And it wants to give you those desires, it wants yeah. to fulfill those in you because they make money based off of your appetites, urges, all that stuff, That's right? true, yeah. The longer you're on, the more you click, the <clears throat> yeah. more money they make. Yeah, exactly. And so they're not gonna, uh, or they are going to actually feed you what they think you want. Yeah, and, exactly, yeah. yeah. So you're not good. just gonna <clears throat> Yeah, like, that, that oh, is well. what's happening. Yep. And, and it's a dangerous world. So exactly. uh, I think we go back now, uh, you know, thinking about all that. I know we live in a very different world today than mm-hmm. even what I grew up in for sure, and even what you grew mm-hmm. up in. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, just a couple <clears throat> facts, you know, about today and digital world that we live in. So the iPhone, the first iPhone, whenever Steve Jobs announced it, that was in <clears throat> 2007. And if you're like most people, they're like, oh, 2007, that's probably like six years ago. It was not six years ago. That was 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. It is 2023 now. So 2007 was 16 years ago. So you just think about anyone who's 16, they've only lived in the day of the iPhone. Mm 16-year-olds, those are people who are driving, right? And then you think about whenever people actually have like memories, whenever they start to have memories, most people who are age 20 or under only have knowledge or understanding of what, an iPhone is, you know, wow. right? So that's or an advanced cell phone, exactly. Smartphone, yes, a smartphone, yeah. BlackBerry, whatever you yeah. want to say. Yeah. So twenty years old. That's that's wow. a, a large group of people, right? And they so they only know cell phones or mm-hmm. digital devices or yeah. tablets mm-hmm. or Xbox or PlayStation yeah. or something exactly that puts them in the oh, digital world for sure. Yes. And so uh, here's just even another little poll that happened in America in 2011. There were, uh, for people 18 and older, 35% of those people had smartphones. And so it's like, mm. that's pretty small percentage, less than yeah. half the people, 18 yeah, or older. 12 years ago. Yeah. And so 2021, this is two years ago, uh, they did the same poll for people who are 18 or older that have smartphones. And that number was 85%. Wow. 85% of people <clears throat> 18 or older had smartphones mm. and 97% had cell phones. So maybe wow. not a smartphone, iPhone yeah. or Android or whatever, but a cell phone of some sort. Right. So 
that just kind of goes to show again that mm. it's it's everywhere. You're yeah. not going to be like, oh, I just won't give my kid a smartphone. Well, one day they're going to leave your house yeah. and they can make their own decisions <clears throat> yeah. and they might, you know, they may yeah. just get an iPhone <clears throat> or a smartphone or something like that. You can protect and shield like you'd want, but- yeah. Even if it's not a phone these days, though, it's a yeah, gaming system, exactly. it's a computer, yeah. it's a tablet. Exactly. It, it, somewhere, yes. in some place, they're going to come in contact with the digital exactly. Babylon. Yeah. And then uh, another fact about screen time, all right? So screen time in today's day and age. This is from the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, all right? So uh, it says eight to 12-year-olds spend on average four to six hours of screen time a day. And this is phones, tablets, gaming, TV, computers, whatever it may be. This is now. This is like in today's day. Um, And then that's for eight to 12-year-olds. And this is for 13 to 18-year-olds. It says they spend on average seven and a half hours a day on their screens, whatever the screens may be. And up to an average of nine hours. So- Mm. That's pretty. pretty I mean, it large sounds like a lot, the but the, you know, when you think about it, even as an adult, you think, okay, well, I'm probably get up in the morning, check my email, mm-hmm. social media, something, mm-hmm. send a couple of texts, then I'm off to uh, maybe I get in my car, depending on what year your car is. It probably has some kind a of screen. digital screen or mm-hmm. connection to the digital world out there. Yep. You get to work. You're going to be working on some type of digital device. Yep. All day long, you're going to go home, mm-hmm. probably check some more email, maybe yep. some social media, always. Yep. Uh, maybe watch a movie, yep. maybe get onto the digital platform of some kind, yeah. and there you All go. All that stuff you just can, racks up, and you're like, wow, yeah. that's a lot of hours that yeah. I spent on a screen. Yeah. So there's no question that we live in the digital Babylon. Exactly. I don't think there's a question of no. do we or do we not. We no. do. Mm-hmm. We're in it. It's part of culture. It's where we live. Exactly. Our jobs require it. Yeah. Our life in many ways demands it. Mm-hmm. So that's this is where the question comes back. How yeah. do we live in this? Exactly. How do we raise family in this yeah. so that they are equipped mm-hmm. for the day that it's in their hands and they're out of our home? Mm-hmm. And so exactly. this, yeah. this brings us back to, did God have certain directions for yeah. the people who exactly. entered into Babylon yeah. back in the day? Exactly. If so, maybe there's something there for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, again, I, I would say for everything, if you're encountering something, I would say try to find someone else or something else that they have gone through the same thing. And then how do I face this? So yeah. what better picture for us than to look at what God said to the nation of Israel as he was leading them into Babylonian captivity, right? Yeah. Them being exiled. So this is Jeremiah 29 verses four through seven. It says this, mm. thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is all under his hand, under his authority. Mm-hmm. This says this, this is what his call or his charge was to the people of Israel. Mm. It says, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Mm. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that Mm. you may be increased Mm. there and not diminished Mm. and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Again, that saying, hey, God is over all of this. Mm. It says, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace, you will have peace. So- 
Again, they're being led out of Jerusalem. This is not just some small town, but this is where their temple was. This mm-hmm. is where their language was mm-hmm. known. This is where uh, they were. Their religion was known. This is where their faith practices. This is where their family history. This is where everything had come from. Mm-hmm. And so they're being led out of this, and even their temple was destroyed in this exile. Mm-hmm. And so all that they knew was being taken away from them and they were being led into a new place, right? And God didn't tell them whenever they get there, hide from every person that doesn't Mm -hmm. believe the exact same as you. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, hey, whenever you get there, find the leader and overthrow them and Mm -hmm. make Babylon the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That was not the goal. And it wasn't just, hey, these are all the dangers. Don't do it. Good luck. See you around. Hopefully see on the other side. Yeah, exactly. But no, he gave them a purpose to move them through Babylon, through all of that stuff. You know, at the end of verse six there, it's pretty staggering, really. He says, I'm telling you all this so that you will increase and be not diminished. Yeah. So I'm giving you some truths to live by Mm -hmm. so that in your time here, when you're in Babylon, that you actually, you come out more looking yeah. like God, you mm-hmm. come out more with the blessings of God, mm-hmm. not diminished in your influence and your strength and your faith. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. And even that your nation would grow in the yeah. midst of trial. Yeah. That you're, that the people of God would grow even there in a harder place than it yeah. was in Jerusalem. Exactly. Well, then that if that's the goal here, then that means we should look maybe more closely, obviously, exactly. yeah. at what God had to say to them. Yeah. So exactly. because that's the last thing he would want for us in our day in the midst of digital Babylon is to yeah. cause us to diminish our influence, diminish mm-hmm. our faith. And so he would want us to increase, mm-hmm. increase our trust in him, increase our influence upon others, and increase our faith in what yeah. he's called us to. So. Exactly, yeah. And again, like the only way they were able to get through Babylon is because they knew their identity is, I am God's chosen nation. Mm. God is over this, Mm -hmm. so I know he's over me. Mm -hmm. I know that I am, you know, I am from the line of Abraham and Mm -hmm. Jacob and Isaac, and Mm -hmm. I know God was over them. Mm -hmm. I know he's over me, and so that's my identity. I am his child. Nice. And then they knew their purpose as well. Like God listed it out, right? He didn't just give them <clears throat> rules to do or rules so mm-hmm. hey, stay away from these <clears throat> things, but he said right. live for this. Be empowered by this. Mm-hmm. And so those those <clears throat> uh, their purpose was again from the verse build houses, mm. plant gardens and eat the fruit of the gardens. You have to spend time there. You have to mm-hmm. invest mm-hmm. in your own property and what you have. And in that, you know, you're going to be interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're going to get married and you're going to have kids and you're going to give your kids in marriage so that they would have kids, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to seek the peace of the city. You're going to pray for the city. That's your purpose is to make that city a better place because you're a follower of God, not overthrow it, not run away and hide from it and not just be apathetic towards it, but instead seek the peace, bring the ways of the Lord even into a godless culture, right? To increase, to to walk in blessing even in the midst of Babylon. Yes, exactly. Okay. Cool. And again, the identity of I know God has been faithful to the ones before me, so I know he will be faithful to me now, and I know he'll be faithful to the future as well, you know? Yeah. I'm sure parents in that day, though, still asking the question, so, yeah. uh, hey, with all this going around out here, what am I supposed to do with my 
10-year-old. Exactly, yes. So you got to think, again, the people who are being exiled from Israel, this is not just like, oh, these were like 50, 20-year-olds, but no, this is like a whole nation. This Mm. is every age range. This is all the people all being sent out into this land. And so Mm -hmm. you have parents with young kids, teenagers, all this kind of stuff, right? And you know they had to be asking the question, should my kid go around the others? Mm -hmm. How are they supposed to interact with the others? Mm -hmm. What if the people there try to influence my child, what right. do I do then? Yeah, you know? have you seen those Babylonian movies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like the plays going on yeah. there, all that kind of stuff. All right. Or what if my child goes and marries a Babylonian? What yeah. then? You know, yeah. what if a Babylonian person has an interest in my family? Yeah. Right. Am I supposed to just respect my kids? freedoms and let them go out and do their things or do mm. I step up to remind them yeah. of their identity and their purpose and equipping them yeah. to be able to go and face whatever is out there, right? Yeah, it's true. So, the family then was was the core of it. I mean, you yes. listen to those words there. He talks about, you know, build houses mm-hmm. and, and plant gardens mm-hmm. and, yep. and raise your children and 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 have them marry and yep. have 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 them have children. So this is of all the things that God could have said to mm-hmm. them, that's mm-hmm. where he zeroes, that's where he doubles down is on the family. Yeah. So I know that's a big push you've made to exactly. the students and to the parents. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit after that, <clears throat> Jeremiah 29, a few verses later, it says that God was going to have them there for 70 years. Mm. For 70 years, they were going to live in Babylon. And then he makes a promise and says, I will deliver you from Babylon and I will deliver you back to Jerusalem. Wow. I will bring you back to where you came from, you know, where your history is at, where your temple was, all of these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Cuz again, he wants them to come back as a nation mm. who has increased and who knows and walks in God's ways even more. Yeah. So again, there would be the Jewish people, there would be the people of God who would go into Babylon and never see the end result. Mm. They would never see back into Jerusalem again, yeah. right? These wow. are the people you know, again, if we're thinking of a whole nation, those who are old and those who are young, if you're 70, you are going to die in Babylon. Mm. If you are even 50, you'd be 120 by the time you get out, you're going to die in Babylon. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be 30, you're going to be 100 by the time you get out, mm. you're going to die in Babylon. So the only people who would make it back into Jerusalem would be those who were at that time the teenagers, those who were the kids, and then the generations to follow there. So Mm. what all of the people, you've got to think, all of the people who were older than probably 25 all spent their time saying, I'm doing everything I can to invest into the generation that's being raised up now. I'm doing everything I can to instill, hey, this is what our language is mm. because whenever you get back to Jerusalem, I don't want you speaking the Babylonian language. Yeah. I want you to be speaking Hebrew because yeah. that's who God made us, right? Yeah. And I don't want you to go back knowing only Babylonian stories and mythology and all this stuff. Mm. No, I want you knowing who God is, how he created us, how he worked in our family line and how he worked through yeah. you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I want you to walk in the ways of God whenever you make it back to Jerusalem so yeah. that we can see the temple rebuilt you know Mm. every person had to be thinking that 70 years they all understood the importance of the next generation yeah and so then he was he was saying to them in essence 
the family is the way you're going to survive yeah, Babylon. That, that's the only thing coming back out of here. The, the family is what's going to take us out. The yes. family is what's going to be the essential building block as we rebuild the nation in the mm-hmm. future. Wow, exactly. that's good. Yes. So from those verses and from the what we know now is history to us is yeah. they did. They, they yeah. rebuilt their families mm-hmm. and the focus was the home. Yep. Was the relationships in the home. The focus was on them knowing how to provide for themselves. The focus was on the future, as you said. Mm-hmm. They were doing what they did, no matter what age they were, for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the focus was on building toward that moment, was for building toward the time out of captivity and for raising up future generations, mm-hmm. preparing for the children and the grandchildren and so on. And then living out our faith yeah. in the home, knowing yeah. the history, all of those yeah. pieces. And you can read in Ezra and Nehemiah, those those were men who came out of Babylonian captivity. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that made it back to Jerusalem. And Ezra is the one saying, we need to reestablish the Torah. We need to reestablish mm-hmm. the ways of God. We need to put yeah. the scriptures together and teach them to the nation. Then you have Nehemiah <clears> who's <throat> saying, I'm going to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to make it a great yeah. nation again. <clears throat> and those were the people who were poured into by mm. the generations previously because yeah. they were born not knowing anything but Babylon. Mm. They were born not knowing anything <clears throat> but godlessness in the city, not knowing anything but you know pagan practices everywhere. Mm-hmm. But because they were taught by the generations before them, this is what Jerusalem ought to look like. This yeah. is what the child of God ought to look like. Yeah. Then they were able to go back to Jerusalem and say, because of what other people have told me and what the scriptures say, yeah. this is how a nation is supposed to <clears throat> wow. look. So instead of being caught up in the fear of what was happening in Babylon, God was instilling in them vision and hope yes. for a day yes. beyond Babylon. Yep. Purpose. And there's, yep. you know, that's a truth that runs throughout scripture. There's more power in living for mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. than there is in trying to not sin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't mean we should try to sin, but the minute you make it your focus to try to not sin, you'll walk in defeat. You will. But if you walk in a purpose that's greater than yourself, that's given by God, you'll have a reason to live that's greater than the temptation around yeah. you. So you find that principle or truth throughout scripture. You mm-hmm. find it in the New Testament as well. Uh, Paul simply states it in a, in a verse in Galatians where he says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yeah. It's the same thing. When you have yeah. your purpose that you live for, then you won't give in to the desires of mm-hmm. the flesh and the temptations around you because you have a greater purpose that you live for. Uh, Paul did the same thing when he talked about not letting sin reign in your in your mortal body. He talked about presenting yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and letting righteousness reign in you. It's that same truth. And that's what we see here in Babylon. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I think we're getting to a place yep. like where we understand, okay, I think I'm seeing some, some building blocks come yeah. together then, some framework for how we're to live in our day and time, how do yeah. we how do we live in this digital Babylon mm-hmm. based on these truths? So, let's talk about some ways we apply this yeah. into our home. Because if you're listening, I get it. You're, you're thinking, okay, that's great. I think I get where you're headed here, but mm-hmm. how do I do that? What's yeah. the step? Give me the, how do yeah, I exactly. do this? Yep, for sure. So again, to do that, let's look back at these verses that God said, "Hey, this is what <clears throat> your purpose was to do in actual Babylon. It's to mm-hmm. build houses and dwell in them." Okay. Right. Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands Mm. so that they may bear sons and daughters. Again, pass on 
faith. Future oriented. Increase, don't yep. diminish. Yep. Don't lose hope, but yep. instead have children. It says mm. that you may be increased there, <clears throat> not diminished, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. It's good. Yeah. All right. So to break that down and then get into some steps here, I think yeah. the first point that we go for is this. We are to build your house as a place of faith mm. and make your home a place where the Bible is talked about where prayer happens and where spiritual conversations happen. Because yeah. that right there is what I would say, that's building a house. Yeah. That's planting a garden, yeah. right? Yeah, building your house is not just putting up four walls <laughs> no. and then saying, well, done. Yep. No, building a home is all about the life that happens inside that home. Yep. It's about the husband and wife relationship. It's yep. about parent and child relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. The family is to be the context in which faith is learned and practiced, just like we saw in, in mm. Babylon mm. there. And so this verse comes from uh, Psalm 128. It says this, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Mm. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Again, the idea mm. of building a house yeah. and making That's it good. full. And yeah. then it being all around the table as well, having these conversations yeah. to grow them up, planting yeah. gardens, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone can understand the concept of family and relationships. I think that's mm -hmm. why God so often uses um, pictures, metaphors, context of faith with family. We talk about mm -hmm. God as our heavenly father, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and, and exactly. we, we understand home in the sense of this is where a husband and wife are. Therefore, mm -hmm. a husband and wife are to relate to one another as Christ in the church because yeah. this is where this is where exactly. faith begins to click and this is where it makes sense in the context of family, in the context mm -hmm. of love, in the context of covenant. Mm -hmm. It was never meant to be understood simply as an academic subject. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's never meant to be just something reserved for uh, seminaries or, yep. or even church context. That's a yeah. great context. That's yeah. part of it. Mm -hmm. But the real power of faith yeah. is in the context in of home. home. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So again, the ways in which to do that then in your home, uh, just a few of these is to make the most of your meal times together. Yeah. Not just make dinner and <clears throat> you know, go to your room and eat it, but yeah. spend time together at a table mm -hmm. and talk and, and, you know, unplug digital devices. Don't bring all your phones and AirPods yeah. and all this kind of stuff to the table, but instead sit down and have some conversations. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be intense and heavy and all yeah. that, you know, I, stuff. I grew up, it was just me and my mom and dad. I was an only child. So um, we spent most of our dinner times with Walter Cronkite and Harry Reasoner. <laughs> Those are all the news guys, you know, because it was nice. it was the three of us at the table, and then there was an open spot, and right across the living room was where the TV was, and yeah. it was always on. As far as I wow. remember, I don't ever remember a meal, and we all sat together for meals. Wow. But there was, I don't remember a meal where there was not a TV on, and it was wow. always the news. So, um, when Heather and I began to have children. And we were able to have a home with a dining room. Our goal was to make it in a place where there was not a TV. Yeah. And so um, we we tried to have lots of conversations. There were times I thought the way was to structure conversation, try to read Bible verses and all that. But um, Heather and I found that it was um, the better way was to have natural conversation. So we would find yeah. ways to weave in truth, 
and talk about God and ask the kids what mm-hmm. happened in their day, what did they like most, and we'd laugh and cut up. And it wasn't until y'all got older that phones started appearing, mm-hmm. you know, but even then we were we really discourage that at the table because yeah. mealtime is an important time. You don't yeah. always all sit down and look at each other, you know, yeah, around exactly. the, the table and be less than six feet away from one another. Yep. That's the moment to do yeah. that. It's like a football huddle. You know, if you're, <laughs> in, if you're all in there together and you're trying to give <clears throat> plays, you're trying to, you know, connect and get a form of plan and all that stuff. Yeah. And people are distracted. It's, it's not going to be, you're going to yep. be disconnected. So yep. some of the other things uh, is this go places together. You know, yeah. car time is <clears throat> good time because yeah. again, car time, you can set aside your phone. You can turn on music or whatever you want it to be. But yep. again, trying to encourage this idea of having conversations. Yep. It's Everything is so digital. You heard the screen time stats and all mm. that stuff. It's okay and good to set aside your phone and have some discussion in the car with your family. Yeah. It's necessary, and it, it means some work if you're mom or dad because you got to you got to yeah. find some questions. And yeah, internet's a great source for that. Day, you go out and find mm-hmm. question icebreaker questions and discussion starters. They're all out there. Just be creative. Yeah. That's um, for sure. But you have to be intentional. Yep. Uh, if exactly. not, the the drift today is up is back into the digital world. So you have exactly. to be intentional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then <clears throat> I think another big thing in that at the <clears throat> dinner table, <clears throat> in the car, all that stuff yeah. is it's not. Lecture time. Mm. In fact, it's best to ask a question, let a little bit of silence hang. Mm. You don't have to answer it right away. Yeah. They don't have to answer it right away. Yeah. But even if they give a small answer, ask something else. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be like, oh, yes, I heard what you said that one thing. Let me tell you 10 stories and then let me kill this conversation and dominate it. You know, because then me, they're like, eh, I don't yeah. think I ever Let me tell talking. you three reasons why you're wrong. Yeah, and that's yeah. also the worst. I get know? it from a parent perspective. I remember yeah. those moments. I get it. It's You just, you just think, oh, that's not exactly right what yeah. you just said. You exactly. Wanna, but you have to remember the goal. The goal is to create conversation. Yeah. And if if their every moment of opening up their mouth is met by you talking three times longer yeah. uh, about like, what they said was wrong. They're saying they're done. They ain't talking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and they don't they don't have to hear <laughs> ten reasons why they're wrong, you know. Like no. You can you can let it let it just rest. Yeah. Bring it up later if you want, however that looks, you know. But again, yeah. this is the idea of planting gardens. After you've yeah. built your home, yep. none of this stuff just comes naturally. Yeah. You know, naturally we will get on our phones. Naturally yeah. we will not talk as much, you know. Yep. This goes back to the truth of if you wanna if you wanna prevent them from drifting off into digital Babylon, then you've got to have something much more interesting and appealing yeah, exactly. at the table. Exactly. Yeah, so like I heard of a family that they make every Saturday night the place to be. They make it, hey, we're going to do dinner and you can invite as many friends as you want over and we're going to cook for them. Even yeah. if that means we're going to have 30 people in our house, <clears throat> we're going to make it fun because they say we want our house to be the place where people want to be. Yeah. We don't want you know, our house to be the downer and the like, oh, we got to follow all the, you know, yep, and do all this rules. stuff. And, you yep. know, I can't, I can't do anything around here without getting corrected, all that stuff. They, yep. they said they wanted to do game night and dinner or watch a movie or something where they're all together, right? Yep. And they can bring their friends into where whenever eventually they would grow up and they could go off and make some other decisions. They could go off and hang out other places. They said, hey, no matter what, every Saturday, we are doing this. It's so good. if you want to join, that's great. If you want to go, we're going to have fun here. doesn't yeah. mean they have to guilt them to, yeah. to keep them there. But yeah. they say, we're doing this regardless. Yeah. Now, that doesn't sound like 
get off your phone. No. That's, yeah. This exactly. is this is actually. I'm going to give you something better. Yes. This is building your house. Exactly. I think, and yes. especially with the context of faith, not Absolutely. just being silly, but yeah, genuine relationship yep. building, home faith conversation. Yep. It's good. Yep. All right. So another way to build your house and to plant gardens, you know, this idea of passing on to the next generation and giving them something better than what you had. Mm. It's this, be honest with your children about your own past failures and your current struggles and this mm. tough, tough. That's scary tough for not, a parent. Yes. Because yeah. from the parent's side, you're saying, I don't want to tell them where I messed up because if I tell them where I messed up, they'll figure out they can probably do that too. Yeah. The, the thing I found was they're already messing up somewhere probably. Yeah. Or they already have experienced that. They're not looking or needing a new way. They're looking instead for someone that can identify mm-hmm. with where they are. Mm-hmm. I, the the thing that I've said and, and thought through as well is, you know, if if a parent opens up to their child and says, "Hey, here's what I've gone through," it two options: either the child says, "Ah, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and run with it and do this anyways." If they go out and do it, and then they realize this is the worst mistake ever, mm-hmm. they can say, "I know." this person, I'm not alone in this and I can go and talk to them because they would understand. Or they'll hear you and they'll hear hear your warning as well and they'll say, Mm -hmm. yep, I'm staying away from that. Yeah, Because I understand the pain that it brought. I understand the burden that it is. I understand that you really mean it whenever you say I should not go and do or this really hurt me when I, whatever it is, you know. And there's this thing that uh, I think it helps with is that it helps your child know you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. I know every parent knows they're not perfect. Yeah. But not just because, or because you're in the role of the parent and you're the one giving out the rules, sometimes the child thinks, well, they're just the rule giver and they always did what was right. Mm-hmm. But when you break that fourth wall, yeah. you know, and say, look, here's what, I, here's what happened to me there's something that happens powerful in that moment because you identify with them. I think that's why you get in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul, who was you know, the guy that was the leader of the New Testament church, he's planting churches, he's the guy everyone's looking up to. You find this very honest statement from him in First Timothy where he's writing to another young pastor and you think, Okay, Paul, you're writing to a young pastor here. This is the moment to really appear strong like, and show yourself. Is, yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is what a man of God really looks like. Don't let him see you sweat. Well, he writes yeah. and says, God was merciful to me in order that Christ Jesus might show his full patience in dealing with me, the worst of sinners. Mm. Like, Paul, you just gave it all away to Timothy. Yeah. Now he's going to want to go do that. Yeah. No, and instead... God chose to use that and keep it in the scriptures be recorded yeah. for all eternity yeah. uh, for us. And, and Paul goes on and says, I'd tell you this as an example of those who would later believe in him and receive eternal life. So it's, it's good and right to help your child see you're a sinner too yep. in need of grace mm-hmm. from Jesus. You're not the perfect uh, Ten Commandments. You, yeah. you, you need the gospel too. So mm-hmm. that all ties in with this whole thing about living in digital Babylon. You might think, well, you're not talking about phones again. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> well, we are because we're establishing that mm-hmm. there's greater power in building your house as a place to live than just yeah. building the walls around where you live. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Walls are important. Yep.
but what's inside the house is more important. Yeah, and one other thing you may you may be thinking, well, I didn't deal with phones and all that kind of stuff in my day. Right. I can't really relate with that <clears throat> with my kid. However, I'm sure you could say I struggled with my identity and my worth and yep. trying to find pleasure and everything <clears throat> yep. in my day. Well, guess what? So as your child, yep. they just have a phone that offers those things to them yep. in their hand. Yeah, you know, sure. So I'm just saying, there's that connection exactly. as well. Still, to, still to real. That's exactly. right. So uh, the third one here is this: set necessary digital boundaries for your home. Mm. You know, I, so many people and parents are asking this question: Do I have a phone or no phone for my kid? Do it, do I have this app or not this app for the, mm. for my kid? Do I read every single text at night or do I let do I trust them with the freedoms that they have and the freedoms I've given them? I mean, I would say that some guidelines are definitely helpful. I think, you know, every family is different. And then within every family, every child is different. Some will take that phone and be very, you know, spot on about it. Some Mm -hmm. will take that phone and push the boundary with it. So Mm -hmm. some guidelines are helpful. Maybe that looks like limited daily use. Mm -hmm. Maybe it looks like, hey, put up your phone 30 minutes before an hour before you go to bed, something Mm -hmm. like that. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's, hey, you can only use your phone whenever I'm around or whenever you're with others or whenever you go out to an event or, hey, we're going to have everything that you do on there, I can see. Those things are all awesome and essential for some families. That's I think it's great, you know, that we have, again, the ability to do that is incredible. But still, I would say monitoring is great. It can be necessary. It is a great tool. But how much greater would it be for your student or for your teenager to have such an awareness in them that whenever something is up or something is off or something needs to be brought to your attention, that they would be able to turn it down and say, hey, here's what happened. Hey, I I want help. Hey, I need help. Hey, I don't know what to do in this situation. How much better would that be? Monitoring is yeah. great. It's yep. necessary for a time, especially yep. as you get into the whole phone realm. Yep. And especially for those, maybe you're already in it, you've never done it. Start with some of those steps. But yeah. towards the end of, I'm equipping my person who has this phone or who yeah. has this device, I'm equipping them to know how to handle it, right? Yeah. You're yeah. not just tossing it at them and saying, See ya. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and the temptation, I think, in many Christian homes is to go all in on this one, set the boundaries yeah. to the neglect of the other six truths that we're talking yeah. about. Exactly. And I think we all know that if you go all in on <clears throat> rules without relationship, you know, the equation is rules without relationship leads to rebellion. So <clears throat> I think that's something every Christian parent must be aware of is yes there is a need for boundaries mm-hmm. but if that is if you're going all in on that to the neglect of the others you're you're opening up a dangerous spot for yeah. your young people so yeah, absolutely and just one other thing i want to say about that is phones social media gaming all that kind of stuff it's morally neutral it's it's not yeah. Especially phones. Yeah, just, as far I'll as just, the device itself. Yes, exactly. The phone is not the issue. Right. The, the phone is not what's causing your student to sin, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not <clears throat> the thing, but it's what is inside of them because yeah. they can have a phone 
and not fall for everything that's in it yeah. once they're equipped. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah. Because, um, you know, even, even in young people, some of them are 10, 9, yeah, getting absolutely. phones today. And I think, you know, most people would say, most parents would say, hey, my child is not equipped for exactly. handling all that's out there. So I am going to put in boundaries and, and guidelines. And, and you should. Yes, you need um, to. But again, the goal is to so equip them in this process mm -hmm. with their identity and their strength. And here's how we live in Babylon right mm -hmm. now. That the day comes when they graduate from home, they move on, that they know what to do. Yeah. They're not all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, now look what all I can do. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's the but last they, thing any parent wants. Exactly. But they're yeah. understanding, hey, this is exactly what mom and dad were talking about, this yeah. situation right here. <clears throat> right. And- <clears throat> I know how to face it. Again, that yeah. on phones, there are apps, pages, whatever you want to say, that will seek to influence and tear down and destroy in every way possible. There yeah. are those out there. Right. However, on every phone, you have on every device, you've got Bible apps, you've got, mm. you know, right now media, you've got all this <clears throat> stuff. Mm -hmm. That's great content. That's amazing. That will build your faith and all of all of those things, right? Yeah. So phones are morally neutral and i i will stand on that the device yes <laughs> the, the device is morally neutral but we it is our goal it's my my passion and desire as a mm -hmm. youth pastor to equip the teenagers in our youth so strongly that they will be able to stand for christ in whatever mm -hmm. um, temptation comes at them right that's good Great. all right so the mm -hmm. next one is this that we are to inspire and instill in our children and in the teenagers and all of these people that uh, what God's vision, purpose, and passion is in their life, mm -hmm. right? So we are to help them learn that God has a very specific destiny for them and not mm -hmm. just a list of rules or you yeah. just have to abide by these things, then life will be okay, right? Yeah, but, right. you know, we get this ver these verses from Psalm 127. It says this, children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him mm. it says behold children are a heritage from the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are the children of one's youth mm. right? it is a gift it is a blessing it's yeah. a reward to have children and we are to equip them to be the arrows that we get to shoot out one day mm -hmm. and they will be uh, yeah. mighty, right? Yeah. You know, um, recently in our, our men's breakfast Bible study, we've been going through the life of Samson. It's very interesting. Um, in the life of Samson, his parents were given um, a vision from God about what Samson's purpose was. We don't have a whole lot of information about how they parented him, but there's a, the absence of what they did speaks louder than anything mm -hmm. because it seems like what they passed on to him was a list of rules. He was given a, what was a, called a Nazarite vow uh, that God had put upon his life Said uh, that said, you cannot touch dead things, mm -hmm. you cannot uh, drink alcohol, and uh, you're not to cut your hair. So there's no indication that his parents taught him more than that. Mm -hmm. In other words, they built their home around just those rules. Yeah. They and didn't when, instill in him what also he was to be the deliverer. Yeah. He was called to be a deliverer of his own nation. Yeah. But so what you find is as soon as Samson's able to be on his own, he ventures off 
into Philistine territory. He's mm-hmm. off with alcohol. He's off with women that he wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be with. And he, he wrecks his life. Yeah. And I'm sure they must have thought, what did we do wrong? Yeah. Well, they, they built their home around some rules, and he built his life around some rules. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he could get out from under them, he went. Yeah. They never established this greater so sense true. of purpose and calling. And man, I think you know if, if parents can do that today, instill yeah. in their young people a sense of God has a purpose for your life. Uh, God has a reason he's created you. There's some powerful yeah. uh, truth in that that puts mm-hmm. inside a, a young person a sense of, okay, I've got a reason to live here. Exactly. I've got something yeah. bigger than myself and bigger yeah. than that temptation. And you don't start that at age 18. No. You, you start this mm. age mm. born. Yes, <laughs> at birth. You know, you, yes. you pray over them and you yes. speak with them and you speak highly to them and yes. of them yes. and you encourage them and you you tell them the things that mm. you see in them that God has given them, right? Because mm. every person has been given spiritual gifts. Every mm-hmm. person has their own unique set of abilities. And mm-hmm. we, as those who are in authority, are to encourage them and What's to true? promote them up in those things, right? That's tell true. them how we can see God using them mm-hmm. and that it would take heart in them and that they would come alive in that, yeah, right? We can't just rely on a set of not to do, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of a, hey, here is who God has called you to be. So just yeah. some of the um, identity um, character traits, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, that we hold mm-hmm. as believers, even this is just from the first chapter and a half of Ephesians, mm-hmm. that we are chosen. We have been adopted into his family, right? Mm-hmm. Under the father, mm-hmm. that we are accepted. We are redeemed. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have eternal peace in that. We have been made alive. We've been seated in heavenly places mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. and that we are his workmanship. If we could instill that in yeah. the young people in the church today, yeah. and imagine what they would be like 10 years from now where they live saying, I am his workmanship. Yeah. I am not in my own hands, but I'm in his hands. Yeah. If we could be doing that, that's you a could, different generation. You could right? make it out of Babylon. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And if you can instill in them purpose, hey, you are the salt and light of the earth. You mm. are to bring about good. You are to shine light. You are to bring about truth wherever mm. you go. Mm-hmm. If we could instill that purpose in them, how much of a difference would that make? Yeah, you know? It's be good. incredible. Mm. So the next thing is this, ask your children about their hopes, dreams, talents, and skills and how they want to serve God. It's Mm -hmm. one thing for us to say, here's how you can, here's Mm -hmm. what you can do. It's just something else whenever they say, here's how I want to help, change, do whatever, right? Here you go, not talking about phone again. Yeah. (laughs) That's intentional. Exactly, yes. Again, if you can help help them awaken to God's purpose for their life, and then that that will be bigger than anything else in their life. Because that will be the driving factor. They they can go to their phone, they can go to Digital Babylon and say, I know what my hopes, dreams, skills, talents, goals are, yeah. and that's what I'm pursuing. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not going to let this temptation, this bring me down. I'm not going to let this person talk to yep. me, entice me. I'm not going to yep. 
fall for all of the stuff out there. Yeah, right. I'm not going to make a wreck of my life. I'm not going to be a slave to my habits or my urges, yep. Yep. but instead I'm going to walk confidently knowing this is what God wants in my life. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of get that. It is. I, I get the picture of myself walking down uh, the midway at the state fair. You know, there's yeah. all these people calling <laughs> out from the side, come play this game. Yeah. Hey man, you want to win this? Exactly. Come over here. Yep. All that stuff, I, yeah, that doesn't phase me one bit because yeah. I can walk right through the middle of that because I know that's a loss. You know, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I, it's not. There's nothing wrong with playing the games at the midway, no. by the way. Uh-uh. But um, that's what it, it feels like to exactly. me. It's the same idea. The world's calling mm-hmm. out. There's all these voices trying to lure you aside, but you just yeah. keep walking directly through there, and mm-hmm. you know God has something bigger for you. Exactly. Than that. It's good. So again, as parents, we are to listen to our young people, Mm. even as young as it gets, you know, listen to what God has put in them, Mm -hmm. where their passions are, what their heart is, what their personality is, you know, if they are, you know, whatever, listen to what they are Mm -hmm. and then encourage them and grow them up in that way, right? Yeah, so it's good. Next one is this, ask questions to create conversations, even about, here we go, social media, movies, online, what's going on, all of yep. those kinds of things. Ask questions. Mm. <laughs> and again, I say ask did you questions. Say, did you say lecture them? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> ask the question and and let them talk. Yeah. You know, even if it's two two words and then let yeah. it rest. Yeah. And encourage but, it. So yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Sure. You that's know, the and, only way you're going to get more yep. of that to come out. Yeah. You just open mm. the door. Mm. Oh, keep opening the door and don't open the door and then sprint in there, you know, yeah. and be like, here's what everything is. Yeah, or open the door and then slap their hand. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes, but open the door and know, hey, I want them to, I want to hear what they have to say mm-hmm. and and let them know that you want to hear what they have to say, mm. you know, mm. that's big time. Man. It is, it's a big deal. And it goes, again, that's in them. God has given them life inside them mm-hmm. and a purpose. And mm-hmm. um, they're entering, they, they're just as confused about this digital Babylon place. Oh. They don't know. Exactly. And so they need to talk about it. And of course they don't have all the answers at that point, but you mm-hmm. encourage the conversation. Because if you can't create a, a setting where they want to talk and even ask the questions, you're done yeah. as a parent. Yeah. If all you do is sit back and give rules, you're done. Uh, again, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. So, yeah. um, I think I think we see that here, and that's the importance of asking asking yeah. conversation or asking questions to create conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, not, then, not asking questions to create traps. No, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, or asking questions that you have just given yourself a softball to knock in the park. <laughs> That's not the one either. So do you think it's good to be on social media? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So another one, talk about ways to influence others through a digital presence as well. Again, this, hey, how can you, with what you have been given, make an impact on others? Yeah. They will have an answer. They yeah. they will. <clears throat> yeah, and it might be different than what you thought. Yes. And that's okay. That's, that's In fact, good. it's very good. It's good. <laughs> it's good whenever they start saying things that's not just what you Yeah, and then say. you can applaud it and say, wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. And because then yeah. that only will encourage more of that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And especially as you start modeling that as a parent and they see, okay, they're not just out using social media to slam other people exactly. and be critical and yeah. sarcastic and yeah. if you're you always know, telling condescending about, and- yeah. If you're always talking about your your latest greatest Facebook comment roast session on someone else, 
That's how they will use the social media. Yeah, or that's how they'll say, I ain't never doing that. Yeah. I'll, and I'll go 180 yeah. degrees in other direction. Exactly. Not always a good one. Yeah. So true. So true. It's good. And then the last one for us today is this, to make a healthy and open relationship with your child. That is the goal. Mm. That is the primary over everything that we have talked about. And it, it really is everything that we've talked about is make a relationship with them make the family the priority yeah. and make that where I'm going all in on. Yeah. Uh, you go, again, you go back to the passage uh, when God speaks to a people going into Babylon. There's a lot of things he could have said in that moment. But what he said was build houses, plant gardens, raise your children. Yeah. Go all in on the home. Go all in on knowing one another. Do the work. Till the soil not just yep. out in the dirt, but in your child's heart. Yep. Plant the seeds of faith, practice mm-hmm. your faith in your home and keep evaluating. The way Heather and I uh, tended to evaluate it, not that we were always perfect at it, but did we always have access to our child's heart? That was the goal. Were we winning yep. their heart at the end of the day? Because if we ever, since we lost their heart, their ability to be open with us and us be able to speak into their lives. We knew we were done the minute yeah. that that happened. Yeah. So um, Heather was super intentional and sensitive about that. She was our she was our radar. I leaned on her for that, and then we would develop a plan and and act on it. Uh, sometimes better than other times, but um, it's a continual goal. Even with our kids, the age they are now, now with grandchildren, mm-hmm. that that's the goal. Um, because faith travels along lines of relationship. Yep. Faith the max. is meant to be in the context of home and family. Yep. And this is why God establishes the greatest goal in Babylon, build your home. Yep. So same as true. You want to protect your children from digital Babylon? Build your home. Build your home. <laughs> yep. Can't say it so, so counterintuitive, but so truthful yep. throughout Scripture. Man, it's I'm good. grateful for Truett. Um, it's good. He, he, he saw us do do good and not always do good at home. And now he's having a chance to influence young people mm-hmm. and families and parents. I'm grateful for that, yeah. his role here at Vertical Church. And I'm glad we could flip the roles today yeah. and uh, him speak. I encourage you to come uh, check us out in person, uh, Vertical Church Ovilla. Uh, look at more of our podcast online. Yep. And um, it's our goal to lift him up and live him out, especially and even while we live in the midst of a digital Babylon. So, way to go, true. Good stuff. Keep lifting him up, living him out. 